In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What do we need? As I look out around the world, it's clear that we need victory over sin and illnesses that are tearing our world and our lives and our bodies apart. And we need peace. We need an end to the wars and the divisions, the personal attacks and the canceling, and all the violence of physical and mental attacks. But even greater importance is the victory over death. We need life, and we need it abundantly. But this is what is deteriorating in this world. This is what is falling apart. Every day it gets worse. Death continues to gain ground in our lives and the lives around us. Now, thankfully, God has seen our plight. The Father has sent the Son to live for us and die for us. He's taken care of our sin, the root cause of death. And he's overcome death by rising again. So we do have his victory. We're victorious in Christ. Death, death is defeated. Christ has won. So what do we need? More prayer? More healing and health? We have Christ's resurrection and victory over death as our own. What is important for us now? Peter points us to our milk. We have been born anew in Christ's resurrection as newborn infants. We're as God's little children. And what we most need is nourishment. We need to be fed. And thus being fed to grow. And I can't state this enough, nor can you state it enough. We need this milk. It is essential. Just as essential and important as milk is for a newborn. So this milk is for you. And it's important that I bring this out because Peter is not using this image in the same way that Paul uses this image. Paul uses infants and milk to call the Corinthians to repent. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. And even now you are not ready yet, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Paul's point is that the Corinthians are not nearly as smart and wise as they think they are. They've been spoon-fed by Paul. He's been giving them God's word, but not anything too deep or heavy. They were not ready for such. No, they were only infants. 
babies in the faith. And Paul has been working to nourish them so that they might grow into adults in Christ Jesus. The Corinthians need to wise up and repent of their fleshly divisions and come to grips with the truth. They need to grow up and begin getting deeper into God's word. Stop acting like little kids. That's Paul's point. But Peter is aiming at a different aspect of the truth here in his epistle. He's bringing out a different point about God's word. Namely, that you and I cannot survive without this milk. We need this milk. We need God's word. Just like little babies need milk to survive, live, and grow. So we need this milk. We need God's pure word as our sustenance. Without his word, not only will we not grow in Christ, we'll starve and die. We will not survive. So Peter admonishes us. To desire God's life-giving word. To not give it up, but to cling to it like little babies who've tasted the goodness of their mother's milk and therefore long for it, look for it, and indeed depend on it. This means all of you are called to take responsibility for living as God's people and seeking his gifts. His nourishing word is for you. And without it, you too will die. You were baptized into Christ and you've become members of him. Little stones built on the stone. You became one of his people. But you are in the crosshairs of the evil one who hates God's word and who is trying to destroy God's word and his works. He wants to wreck you by destroying your faith. And so you are called to persist in Christ and his word, to stand for Christ, to stand for your family. Yet you cannot do this by your own strength. You need God's milk. You need the Lord's strength and sustenance to grow in him and to have the strength to stand. You cannot be a living stone if you're not fed with God's life-giving word. You can't continue in faith and trust in our Lord if you neglect his pure, life-sustaining milk. So desire, long for, and seek his word daily and weekly. Be here to be fed and nourished together. At the same time, Recognize that you will always be babies, dependent on our Lord for everything and rejoicing in all his gifts, especially that pure spiritual milk that he gives to you. And what's more, encourage others to seek and desire God's life-giving word. As Peter encourages us, we're called to encourage those around us. This is not always easy to do. 
Just consider how we ourselves do not always make the time to hear God's word. Or how we put it off till later. Or how we, even though fully able, neglect gathering in God's house to hear and receive his word and gifts. We fail and falter, certainly need correction in our own lives first. Thankfully, our Lord forgives us. He washes us clean and he restores us to be his temple, his building, with each of us built together on Christ the cornerstone. And as his living stones, we are called to likewise encourage one another. We're called to encourage everyone around us toward hearing and receiving God's word. This is part of the priesthood that he's given to all of us. And this especially applies to each of us in our various vocations. For mothers and fathers with young kids, this means taking them to church, reading them accounts from the Bible, holding family devotions and teaching them during dinner or other times to memorize scripture and parts of the small catechism. For parents of adult children, it means calling up your children and encouraging them to be in church or checking with them and asking how their walk with the Lord is going. It means praying for them to be in the word and potentially letting them know that this is your prayer for them. Yes, they are adults, but they are still your children. Can't command them, of course, like you did when they were younger and little children, but you can still use your position of honor to call them to honor the Lord. And you can use your position of caring for them to express your concern and their need to be fed. Now, I'm not saying any of this would be easy, but you and I know the importance of them hearing God's word. None of us can believe for anyone else. But we can call others to believe and trust the Holy Spirit to work on and in their hearts. So likewise, we can reach out to our family and friends, expressing our care and concern for them we can remind them of their need in Christ. Or if they're outside the church, we can begin talking to them about that need to hear and be in church. We can even do this with our coworkers. There are, of course, boundaries we may need to keep in mind and be aware about, such as asking beforehand if they're willing to hear what we have to share. Since we're warned not to throw Pearls before pigs, Matthew 7, 6. And yet there are other times where we will be called to be bold witnesses of the Lord. After all, our very lives depend on the Lord. He came into this world in our flesh to save us. God the Father chose his Son to be the cornerstone on which we are built, on which we stand he is precious to the Father and chosen to be the foundation of his church. But he was rejected by men and still is rejected by some men. Despite this, the rejected one has become our cornerstone. 
He became the solid foundation because by his death, he has cleansed us of sin, thus destroying death's power. And by his resurrection, he has imparted us life, his life, so that we, dead, hard-hearted stones, could be raised up and changed. Raised up to life as living stones built on the rock of life. And since you are no longer dead stones, live as he lives. Walk in the ways of Christ Jesus. Stay alive, ever consuming and feeding on his word, your spiritual milk. As John the baptizer said, Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham, who create. But that's the danger we all face in this world, that we will become arrogant and think we do not need to be constantly nourished like a little baby. To think we can stand by our own strength. Rather than taking responsibility to keep seeking and feeding on our Lord's word to be recipients. The temptation is that we would seize that responsibility and use it to stand on our own two feet without his daily and weekly life-giving nourishment. This is what some of the Israelites did. Stephen calls them stiff-necked because they refused to hear God's word, killing not just his messengers, but also putting the very word of God to death. Paul warned in Romans 11 that many of the Israelites had been broken off the tree of Israel and that the Gentiles, like you and me, had been grafted in. But Paul doesn't cease there. He warns us too that it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Romans 11. In fact, Paul was one of those broken off branches. We saw what he was doing here in our reading from Acts tonight. Thankfully, he was regrafted into the tree of God. But the, the danger of being separated and broken off remains, and that is why Peter admonishes us to desire God's word. Do not neglect this pure word, milk. Which means going to church is essential. And observing the Sabbath is an essential habit to have. Without God's word, we shrivel up and die. We starve. Hearing God's word is so very important. It's why God set aside a day of rest for us. God knew and still knows what we need. He set aside a day and time, not only that we would know how important it was, but because we as flesh and blood people need times and days like the day set aside 
for hearing, listening, and meditating on his word. We need the habit just like, and in an even greater way than we need healthy eating habits. So we need the good habit of regularly partaking of God's word. But as flesh and blood people as you and I are, we also need that word in a tangible way that we might taste and see that the Lord is good. And so our Lord, with his great insight and foresight, has established a meal for us to eat and receive his forgiveness. Throughout history, God has provided meals for his people to eat and commune with him. And so, too, in our days, we have his supper. Quite a great privilege to be prepared by our Lord and taught to know him and his word and to thus receive his word attached to bread and wine to be like little babes receiving his gifts. For our Lord meets us at his table and nourishes you both in body and soul. Our Lord gives you his life and his blood-bought forgiveness. So let us, as his beloved people, his little children, continue to hear, receive, and eat what our Lord gives us. For he is pouring out life that you and I might live forever with him in the house and home that he has prepared for you to abide with him. And now the peace of God which passes understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.